Friends, as we gather today uh, to continue uh, in these podcasts, I want to give you a quick update. In the last few days, we've been talking about praying for the persecuted church in Afghanistan and around the world. We're going to close that up today uh, in just a moment, but I want to give you a quick update because since the last time uh, we've met together, there have been some serious changes in the way things are going right now. Uh, So last week when we began talking about these things on this podcast, uh, it was told to us at that time that the church in Afghanistan was on the run. Uh, They were hiding underground. They were in caves under rocks, getting under trees, doing anything they could to save and preserve their lives. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, we received word that 229 Christians in Afghanistan had been sentenced to death on Thursday. And so they had just a mere 24 hours or so to live. And this caused many of us to go to the Lord in prayer and to begin to earnestly and diligently pray for their deliverance. Uh, We were also told on Wednesday that because of these things, persecution picked up in Iraq and there were Christians being beheaded and crucified across Iraq uh, because of the emboldenedness of the terrorists during that time. Uh, Come Friday, we received word that in Afghanistan, uh, the underground church in Kabul had been martyred. And friends, this breaks my heart to give you this update. Uh, One thing that we were told in the update was that these Uh, This church, as they were being martyred, there was a woman in the church that somehow was able to phone her family um, outside of Afghanistan. And she reported that the believers had joined together and they were were rejoicing as um, they were martyred. And even the children refused to renounce Christ, but said they were willing to suffer shame for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, uh, this certainly today brings great grief to my heart to think about what is taking place around the world with the church, um, the persecuted church, as uh, it is continually obvious to us that Uh, We are drawing nearer and nearer the last days. You remember the Lord Jesus Christ said this would happen to us and even more so as you see the day drawing near. uh, That we would be increasingly persecuted, increasingly tortured, and even killed for the name of Christ. Uh, Jesus goes so far in John 16 to say there's going to come a day when those who kill you will think they're actually honoring God by doing so. And a friend, this is a scary time for Christians to live in, but it's also a time of rejoicing because we think about this, friends, that our redemption draweth nigh. The day of our home going is at hand. It will not be long now, dear brother and sister. We're going to be gazing at the faces of our Savior, and this old world is going to be passed away, and this old sinful world that 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 uh, that is filled with virus and disease and violence and evil and sin and immorality of every kind will pass away, and there'll be a new heaven, and there'll be a new earth, and you and I will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. And so, friends, this, this world is, is not going to be here forever the way it is. And we have reason today to rejoice in that. Today, as we think about our brothers and sisters in Christ who have been martyred, we grieve those who have been martyred. Our hearts 
weep for those families who are dealing with this. Our hearts hurt because they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. But at the same time, we rejoice because they are with Jesus. And no longer can some enemy or some physical terrorist on this earth ever threaten them again. And let me remind you, dear brother and sister, that the book of Romans chapter 16 tells us that that coming soon, the Lord God will crush Satan under our feet. The victory is ours. So as you go about today, you remember the victory is yours. The victory is at hand. Our redemption draweth nigh. We're going home soon. Stay the course. Don't give up now. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep running the race. Keep sharing the gospel. Stay on mission, church. It's what we must do. Now, as we come to the end of this time of series of podcasts talking about how we can pray for the persecuted church, our last prayer is this. Our last prayer is for the glory of God to be made known. For the glory of God to be made known. We've prayed many things over the last couple of days, but the last thing we're going to pray is for the glory of God to be made known. Now, friends, when we think about this today, uh, sometimes it's uh, maybe a little strange to us to, to think about how God gets glory in such circumstances. But I'm here today to tell you that Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says that in all things... Uh, It works together for the good of those who love God to those who have been called according to his purpose. Now, when we think about these things, I want to remind you of a young man named Stephen over in Acts chapter number 7. Here's a young man full of grace, full of the Holy Spirit. And this young man is preaching and teaching the things of Jesus. Many signs and wonders are being done through his hands. And because the Sanhedrin, that same body that put Jesus to death, is provoked by this young man, Stephen, they bring him before them, and he stands as a witness. He stands uh, as a a witness and testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. They become so enraged at Stephen that they actually stone him and kill him, Stephen becoming the first martyr of the church. After this happens, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 8, that Saul of Tarsus was ravaging the church. So here you have Saul ravaging the church, killing Christians, bringing them in chains back to Jerusalem, making them stand trial in the hope that they will renounce their faith. Saul was the most feared man on the planet at that time. And the Bible tells us that although Saul was ravaging the church, that the church went on their way preaching and teaching the good news in the midst of the struggle. And friends, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter number 9 that Saul of Tarsus received word from the religious leaders to go to Damascus and to capture Christians and bring them back to stand trial in Jerusalem for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know the word of God. It tells us in Acts 9, as Saul was on his way, that a bright light shone around him. He was knocked to the ground. His eyes were blinded. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus Christ, the one you are persecuting. And Saul, with his own eyes, had laid hold 
of the Lord Jesus Christ in resurrected form. Three days later, Ananias comes to his home and Ananias, or comes to the place he's staying and Ananias opens his blinded eyes. And the Bible tells us that Saul of Tarsus, the one who is ravaging the church, is baptized and goes out immediately and begins proclaiming in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And those who were there stood amazed and said, Isn't this the one who came to Damascus in order to persecute and kill and arrest Christians, and yet now he stands and proclaims this Jesus, and the Bible says they were all amazed, astounded, and confused by what they saw. How could this be? Friends, in the midst of the worst situation on earth, in the midst of the worst persecution, the church is being ravaged. The one who is ravaging them is born again, set apart, blood-bought by the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is saved and changed and goes on to write 13 books of the New Testament and becomes the greatest missionary for Christ that's ever lived. Friends, God gets the glory in all things, even in the midst of persecution. God gets the glory. So today, our prayer is in the midst of the persecution, in the midst of all that's taking on, uh, taking place around the world uh, with the persecuted church, that somehow in the midst of this, the gospel goes forward. Those who are persecuting Christians would be saved and God would get the glory. Consider this, friends, that today we might not only be able to play for, pray for the persecuted, but we can pray for the persecutor, that they might give their life to Christ.